You're listening to the Source Property Podcast, your number one source of tips and tricks for starting your property business. Hello and welcome back to the Source Property Podcast. I'm Peter Blackley, the Head of Support here at Sourced, and joining me today is Rory Kenny, one of our support team members for the Midlands. Introduce yourself to everyone, Rory. Hello everyone, I'm Rory. As Pete said, I am support for the Midlands. I'm new to Source, do the see me on workplace, emails probably dotted around everywhere at the moment but yeah it's um i've got a background in property and also a background in business development which i'm sure you've seen updates uh, like i said before on, on workplace but yeah so i'm here really to just help you guys grow those businesses yep thanks for the life story rory on today's podcast <laughs> we will be looking at whether now is the right time to invest in hmo properties what is a hmo so a HMO is defined as a house in multiple occupancy. So the definition of a HMO is any property with three or more separate tenants living in there. So ones that have got separate tenancies living in a property would be classed as a HMO. Now, usually nationally to be licensed as a HMO, it needs to be five bedrooms or above, and you would need to apply for a license with your local council. Now, some councils have additional licensing or selective licensing in those areas where they will require all HMOs of three or more people, sometimes four, to be licensed as well. So that does mean that you'll then have to go through all the hoops and rigmarole of getting the licensing for properties below a five bed. So it's just good to check with the council's website before you start looking at HMOs within that area or start looking at properties to convert to HMOs to see whether they stipulate it's the national standards of a five bed or above that needs licensing or whether they take that down to a four bed or a or a free bed so what are the benefits of investing in a hmo so rory could you tell me some of the benefits um of investing in a hmo yeah sure i think one of the main benefits is going to be cash flow first and foremost if you're looking at a single let you've got one single let payment coming through but if you've got a four or five bed hmo you've got multiple uh, incomes coming in from from that from that one property uh a, f- a few others there's mainly uh, when I'm looking at HMOs, you can see you can get them all around the same sort of area as well. So if you've got a management company and you've got one or two or three of them, you can all you can pass them all to the same management company and they can handle all that for you. So you haven't got the the stresses of managing that yourself. Um, so yeah, ma- mainly first and foremost, it's going to be cash flow, Pete, for, for, for HMOs. Yes, yeah, so as Rory said, it's multiple streams of income. So it's different cash, more than one source of cash flow from a property. So say for instance, you've got a single let property, you're getting 500 pounds a month for that. You could then turn that into a four or five bed HMO and potentially get 350, 400, 500 per room. So you're mitigating some of your risk with a single let. If your tenant doesn't pay, that's it. You've got no income for that property. If you've got a five bed HMO and one tenant doesn't pay, you've still got four other tenants paying and you're still cash flowing and should still be making profit at that level. So just a sidestep for a second, on my HMOs, I usually look at breaking even on three rooms. So three rooms need to be paying me to cover the mortgage, all the bills, the council tax, a little bit for the maintenance pot, et cetera, et cetera. And then the fourth room is my profit. So on say a five bed HMO, if two rooms don't pay, I'm okay because I'm still breaking even. If you don't want to be in a position, whether it's a rent to rent HMO or HMO that you're buying yourself, where you're in profit if all the rooms are let. Because if one tenant doesn't pay or one room is empty, you're then breaking even, you've got two empty, two not paying, etc. And then you're losing money and it's not a good position. 
to be in. I would say as well, you want to look at a minimum profit of a thousand pounds a month per HMO. And what are your thoughts on the minimum profit level? What have you seen from the deals you've analysed for our franchisees here at Sourced? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the more the four beds, you can reduce that slightly. Um, but a thousand pounds is a good safety net, as you said. If any, if you've got any voids, you've got them covered. And a lot of the time as well, if you're looking at when you're pushing for those five or six beds you'll find that three or four of them will cover the mortgage, your outgoing, your operating costs, but that five or six, that's your security then coming in, uh, which guarantees you to uh, to push breaking even, really. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. Um, one of the main reasons that people invest in HMOs and one of the, the more positive aspects of it is leverage. So what do I mean by that? So you can take a property and purchase it on a bricks and mortar valuation. Let's use simple numbers here. Let's say you buy a three bedroom terrace up in the Northeast for 80,000 and you turn that into a seven bedroom HMO. You can then get that refinanced on what's called a commercial rate. So general rule of thumb, six beds and above, you can get a commercial valuation on a HMO. You can get a commercial valuation down to as low as a four bed um, and a five bed for that matter as long as the property is materially different from those around it. So as a surveyor once said to me, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, he'll value it at the price of a duck. So if you're just going to take a standard two bedroom semi and you're going to convert that into say a four bedroom HMO and all you do is put locks on the doors, shove some beds in there, put some mattresses in, furnish it tight up and let it, it's still going to be valued at a bricks and mortar value. So you took a three bed um, bedroom semi, three bed terraced house, you convert that to a five bed HMO, you put all on suites in, you put kitchenettes in the bedrooms, you put a little game, you converted the garage into a little games room. It's now materially different from the properties around it and it's therefore easier for you to justify a commercial revaluation on that property. So what is a commercial valuation so it's, it's a multiplier of the income so these are usually worked out on commercial properties so you'll probably all be familiar with you buy an empty commercial property you stick a blue chip tenant in there and you get a higher revaluation on the multiple of the rent and it works a similar way with HMOs now we haven't got to go the time today to go into how to calculate that and how to work that out but a simple Google search will tell you the different methods that, that people use for valuing HMOs, whether it's going to be a bricks and mortar, whether it's going to be a yield valuation, or whether it's going to be an income multiplier. And the best way to know whether the lender that you're working with will do that, speak to a broker. Um, we use Ian Pask in-house here at Source and all our franchisees use him for their deals. Highly recommend reaching out to him and getting a quotation for a HMO conversion mortgage and refinance on that. So what are the negatives? So we've covered the positives of owning a HMO. Roy, what are the negatives of setting up and owning a HMO? Yeah, I think just touching touching on what you've just mentioned then around commercial valuations, a negative could be <clears throat> if you're early early on in your property journey and you then get a commercial valuation, you could be at a point where you're over leveraged purely because you are committed once you've once you put your kitchenette in, your own suite, that is a HMO. But when you, if anything happens in that area for, for one reason or another, uh, university closes, you take all those tenants away and you need to sell that on the open market, you might only get a bricks and mortar mm -hmm. valuation. So only what? So you touched on probably the, the worst negative there, which is to be in negative equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quite a big negative. So a lot of people who 
set up HMOs and they do HMOs and they get them on a commercial valuation, it's above and beyond what the bricks and mortar value is, but it's only above and beyond the bricks and mortar value because it's an established set up HMO and it's cash flowing. You empty that HMO or you convert it back into a standard house, you're just going to get a bricks and mortar valuation on it. Absolutely. Yep. And it's quite hard to sell existing HMOs to investors. They'll want them at a slight discount. Like all of us, we all like a good BRR. We like to get a good discount. We like to pull our equity out. Or they simply like to look at where your HMO is and go, great, they're working in that area. He's established that. But I'm not going to pay 700 grand for it. I'm going to go pay 450 grand for a standard house and I'm going to convert it into a HMO. So as Roy's quite rightly said there, you can be left in negative equity. But there is also a big positive to that is that you can pull a lot of money out once you've refinanced it. And as long as you then diversify that money, you put it into maybe some smaller HMOs that are done on a bricks and mortar value. You know, you might go for a block of flats, a pair of flats. You might just go for a standard mid-terraced vanilla buy-to-let property. You might go for an SA. And it's just good to have that diversification. And that's usually why people get into HMOs is they've already got existing buy-to-lets and they want yep. to diversify their income streams and go for a multi-let HMO property. So any other negatives to talk about, Rory? Um I would say another negative is it can be very labour intensive. But when it comes with the positives, where you've got the cash flow, with that you have got uh, multiple occupants under the one roof, which can be challenging. But touching on diversification again, you can mitigate that risk by you might not want a twenty bed HMO. If you've got a twenty bed HMO, twenty people all under the same roof might not get along. That's going to give you headaches. If you've got uh, four five bed HMOs, you've got the same income but you've diversified. It could be in different areas. So there's ways around it, but still, it is going to be labour intensive. You are going to have to deal with that. Another way of mitigating it, you could get it managed by a management agency. What I was just uh, touching on before, but yeah, mainly a single let, one family, one person, less problems. Yeah, and, and the other negatives, you know, same as every property investment, you, your tenants might not pay. You might not have done your due diligence and your research or the market conditions might have changed and you can't let the property there's a market crash and it gets a, de a devaluation but these are just the same risks that you would take out of any property investment really and if you're not prepared to take those risks you're not prepared to sometimes you know get a down valuation lose some rent or you know have to drop your rent and lower your yields etc then maybe property investing isn't for you there is certain element of risk to it you can do lots of different things to mitigate those risks the franchisees here at source to mitigate those risks by getting their deals analyzed by the support team here who've got years of experience between them and the directors here at source also help the support team and i've trained and mentored the support team and they get extensive training here so whenever a franchisee brings a deal to their support person we will analyze it delve into it and make sure it is a solid deal for them to go for but as we said sometimes you know you've got to drop the rents you can't get the properties like you get a down valuation etc and that's across the board that's not just with with hmos so is now the right time to invest rory what's your thoughts on this are you currently investing are you looking to expand your portfolio what yeah absolutely i mean uh, anything in particular i know this is around hmos this is this is an asset you're going to retain so <clears throat> you can't beat when you're retaining an asset I know people did a lot of news out there around rising interest rates and whatnot. Uh, you can you can you can grit and bear those for a number of months. It could be six, twelve months, but you're retaining an asset that's gonna go up in value. You're gonna you're gonna get that capital appreciation, and also when interest rates do fall back down, your cash flow will, will increase. So absolutely, you can, you can't go wrong with with, uh, 
when you've got time on your side really yeah I definitely think now is the time to invest so as you've probably seen in the other other podcasts I buy a lot of properties this year I'm doubling down and, and buying as many as possible so I've taken Warren Buffett's philosophy for it you know if I liked a property at 100 grand I'm going to love it at 80 and I'm going to fall in love with it at 50 so because the market is, I wouldn't say it's like crashing at the minute, but it's having a bit of a flutter. There's some properties that are being down value. There's properties that are getting repossessed. There's stuff that's not being sold at auction that you can pick up cheap. There's vendors, unfortunately, facing repossession and negative equity, and you can get some good deals. Because you're getting those properties at a discount, you're mitigating that risk of a market crash. So you know, you're getting something at a 30, 40% discount. There's a 10, 20% market crash. You've still got equity within that property and this is a long-term game you're in this you know 25 years plus you know i've been in this for 10 years my properties have quadrupled in value in that time some of them you know have gone up 10 times in value over the next 25 years they're just going to keep going up and up in value so if i buy some properties now and i pay full market price for them i never do that because i'm a yorkshireman but if for some example i had a bump to the head and i bought them at full market price and then they dropped by 20 percent it doesn't bother me because in the next 25 years they're going to double time and time again and I'm going to get that money back got a Yorkshireman and a Scouser on the same podcast yeah. there don't think they're going to it's great I've had to tell my accent down. you should try it <laughs> don't worry we'll put subtitles on for it <laughs> so that's it for today folks we hope you found the information useful and informative but remember our work doesn't stop here at Source Franchise we are dedicated to helping our clients succeed in the property investment and franchise industry we are the first and only franchise of our kind, providing not just training, but also knowledge and property leads, and even funding through our source capital. If you want to take the next step in your property investment or franchise journey, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can send us an email or download our prospectus at sourcefranchise.co. For more information, we are committed to providing you with all the tools and the resources you need to succeed. We hope you enjoyed our content if you did, please consider giving us a five-star rating, leaving a comment and hitting the like button. Your support helps us to continue creating valuable content for you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Remember, at Source Franchise, we are here to help you every step of the way.